Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. You know, a lot of people come to me usually for dating advice. I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people obviously know me as being a love coach and whatnot. But the truth of the matter is I consider myself more of a life makeover coach because often what gets revealed when people call me, even for dating advice, is that there's other areas in their life that they're struggling with and it kind of leaks, right? I've talked about that before. Um, there is a particular woman that I wanted to share with you about. She was a client who came to me for dating advice. And she said to me, you know, overall, I just have a hard time expressing my feelings, being direct. Now, what really surprised me about this is that she was in a very high power position at work. She was leading a lot of people. Um, she actually had to um, fire and let go of people. I mean, she had that kind of position. But for some reason in her head, she had it where she just didn't have that confidence to express her needs and wants in the work setting, even though she was deemed as a leader. And of course, she had other people above her. One of the things that kept happening is that she would take things in so much. And obviously, this was leaking into her love life as well. And she was attracting lopsided relationships. But for her, as we were talking about dating and whatnot, really what was coming up was more about the stress at work. And this happens all the time because again, as we shift and change, we often see the impact it has with our friendships, at work, with our employers. And certainly that was the case here. So she told me that she had a run-in with one of her supervisors and she was really upset. So I asked her what happened. And she said, well, this woman, I just feel like she has something against me because no matter what I do, what I say, how much I accomplish, it's never good enough. And I said, well, what happened? She's like, well, I, I gave a speech and I had huge accolades for it. I mean, everybody was coming up to me and saying what a good job I did except her. And quite honestly, her feedback is the most important. In fact, she pulled me aside and she was talking about some things and she did comment that I did a good job, but then she said that I was too pretty. And she was so upset about this, so much so that she let it stew for not just hours, not just days, but the entire week without clarifying or saying something to this woman. And so what she was doing so much in her life was that she would take things in and what we call as therapists internalize it and really make it her own. And she was taking it like it was her fault. She wasn't good enough and it was never enough in her mind. So I had her do a very simple task and that was, well, first of all, we talked about it a little bit and then I had her go back and clarify what she meant by that. And I said to her, my hypothesis is that this woman had no idea that this was impacting her. 
and that she probably didn't even remember saying it. Like, you know, usually again, we see things and we take things in that's way bigger than the reality. So she was really scared to do it. I gave her some tools and tips and we role played it and she did, she went back. And so we had our next call. She said, oh my gosh, Kim, you were right. I said, what happened? She said, well, do you know that she never even remembered saying that to me. In fact, she commented that she just thinks I'm a really pretty woman. And in her mind, she always thought that, and she was giving me a compliment. And here I thought she was, you know, dissing me and not, you know, recognizing me for my accomplishments and my intelligence. And so it was a big lesson for her that day. And from that point on, she really worked on expressing her feelings, being direct and using effective communication at work. And lo and behold, that also improved her love life. So there was a big lesson there. And I have somebody on the line who has a similar situation, although it sounds a little different, just so you know, I don't know her. I love meeting new people and we want to kind of have some breakthroughs live here on the Charisma Quotient because I love diving into answering style and dating and relationship questions. This is the Coaching with Kim portion. So say hello to Easter. Easter, hi. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming on. (laughs) Well, again, I don't know you, but I would love to hear more about your situation. I mean, you wrote in your situation, but tell the listeners what's going on. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had this recurring theme in my employment and it, the best way I can describe it is more like a relation, like a, a romantic relationship where there's one person who's really into the relationship, giving it her all and and trying to make things work and then the other person is really indifferent and has an attitude of yeah it's fine but I'm not going to do anything to make it better and if you don't like it then leave and that's been my experience at work over and over again so right now I'm currently in a job that I've just quit and um Nobody on my team has said anything to me at all <laughs> that they're sorry to see me go or anything. It's they're oh. just they're completely indifferent to me. Um, the people, the other people I work with like me fine and they appreciate my work, but I've never received one one kudos for my work here. And um, the feed, I've just never had any feedback. Nothing. It's complete indifference. And I know I do a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never in in any job I've never had any complaints about my the quality of my work but Mm. but I've never had really any connection to my to my um supervisors and I Mm. seem to go out with them kind of saying don't let the door hit you on the way out wow okay so this isn't an isolated pattern Mm. yeah okay well can I what what do you do for a living just so I get a feel for the environment Um, yeah I I work in the winery. I've, mm-hmm. I've supervised the laboratory. I have a degree in winemaking and I have a oh. ton of knowledge. I worked at a lot of places and I'm always really helpful in um, helping to make wine and give good, good input on it. Wow. I'm highly trained. Wow. That's fascinating. Okay. Tell me a little more, cause I actually don't know this environment. What, what is a little bit about like the nature of the people and your everyday tasks and, you know, like what is your specialty just so I get kind of an understanding of that. 
So I have a degree in fermentation science, and okay. it's kind of like a chemistry microbiology type degree. Wow. With, uh, focus on fermentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, some food science thrown in. And in a winery, typically there's there's like three kind of parts in the production. There's the hands-on part where people are actually hooking up pumps and moving hoses and filling tanks and barrels. There's the, the winemaking people who are sort of the, the ones who make decisions about what things to blend, when to pick grapes. And then there's the lab who's giving, who's mm-hmm. creating the information to help them make decisions. But often the lab is also quite involved with tastings and mm. the decision-making part of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you do, I mean, are you interacting with people a lot? Or are you more behind the scenes doing the lab stuff? Uh, I'm in the lab and mm-hmm. yeah, in the specific place that I'm working, it's actually a really remote spot too. It's in the far corner of the property at the top of the hill that nobody wants to walk up. Oh my God. It's it sounds isolated. a little isolated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. picture you like, like, in this huge lab by yourself on a hill, you know, fermenting uh-huh. and doing whatever you're doing. And yeah. Okay. So that, well, there's one thing right there is that your, your uh-huh. social muscle isn't even being exercised because even what you do no. is so isolating. Okay. How, um, tell me a little bit more about your social life and your romantic life. Is it leaking into other areas where you're feeling kind of disconnected and not appreciated there too? Well, I definitely feel like that in my family. Um, I, I have a great romantic partner. I feel totally loved and adored by him. And um, I'm, I'm not super outgoing, so I've never had a huge social group. I've always had a few good friends that I'm tight with, and I still have that. Mm, Okay. So you said that had to kind of do with some of your upbringing with the social aspect? In what way? I I probably, yeah. I've never felt appreciated by my family. Mm, How did that, yeah, how did that play out? Like, what do you mean by that? Um, I think my parents were young and not that it, my my father wasn't into having a child. Um, my mother was, but my father's pretty narcissistic, and um, mm. so I I just never felt like I really fit in. And when I tried to fit in, they told me that kids aren't supposed to like uh, be be involved in those kinds of things. Or when I tried to be part of my family, um, I'm the only child, also, and. Wow. Um, I, I grew up in San Francisco, so it it's kind of, it's not like there's kids playing in the street in the city. Right, so right, right. I didn't have a whole lot of, <laughs> I didn't have a whole lot of kind of neighborhood friends either. Mm. Kind of kids to hang out with. So like, and I'm also you... the first grandchild, I'm the oldest of my cousins, and the other ones were quite a bit younger and didn't live nearby, so I was I was kind of. I like I think 15 years younger than my aunt and 10 years older than oh. my cousin kind of so I was in this no man's land yeah oh my gosh again you yeah. were like isolated on the hill uh, so to speak yeah growing up well San Francisco's hilly too yeah, yeah right <laughs> so many uh-huh. I see a theme here you know? uh, I do yeah. too <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so really like you didn't have a lot of exposure with socialization growing up. It sounds like too, like on top of not being, I guess, you know, accepted or admired by your family in, in some aspects, then fast forward, like when it came to the social part, you didn't have a lot of exposure, mm -hmm. like in the neighborhood and stuff. What about at school? Did you have friendships in school and did you have like best friends? Yeah, I did. Um, mostly I was a teacher's pet kind of nerdy person though. Mm, did you, did you relate more to adults when you were young? Yeah. 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 Sounds like you almost had to like grow up really fast. Like you didn't really have that play the childhood. And, and so then your comfort zone was more maybe adults and kind of intellectual type of interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Are you, um, are you really analytical? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I run a lab. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I kind of, I'm kind of getting at. So are you in your head a lot? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and by the way, this is such a common thing. And, um, I always talk about, you know, the, le the left brain versus the right brain. I mean, it sounds like really what got highly exercised was your left brain. Right. And, did you do well yeah. in school? And it sounds like you, uh -huh. you know, excelled in that yeah. aspect. Yeah. Um, and, and so then when it, when it comes to the right brain, what's interesting about that is the right brain is where emotions are, where your dating and your social muscle is, you know, that it's kind of more how you move your body, you know, being open, that kind of thing. And when it comes to being social, that that's what the right brain's for, you know? And so for you, I mean, it makes sense now that I know you, kind of your upbringing and, and all of that, that it just wasn't exposed as much or exercised, if you will. So, okay. Tell, can you tell me a little bit how you met your guy? Like, how did you catch yeah, him? Yeah, we met at work. Yeah, uh -huh. we met at work. Um, On the hill? <laughs> Was he um, in the no, at a different job. Oh. <laughs> no, it was a winery, but it was a different job. And it was uh -huh. funny. I was just coming out of, I was just leaving my marriage and it was, um, I'd been so controlled by my husband and I just, oh. I, I felt like I needed to grow and I, he wouldn't give me the space. So I had to leave. And, um, and I was, I was in a place where I was thinking, I'm never going to be controlled by a man again. <laughs> and so oh. then I meet this guy who's kind of odd and quirky and, um, in a dark room full of tanks and that was his job to manage them. And he hadn't, he was, he's so shy. Um, and he, he told me about a year before he met me that he decided he was going to meet somebody who loved him for who he was. And mm. he's working in a situation with all men and he's completely shy and doesn't drink and didn't really have a social life, <laughs> but somehow we ended up meeting anyways. It was, we just had an attraction for each other. We were drawn to each other and, and we fell in love really quickly. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. Well, and you know, <laughs> what, what that also is exciting about is that you, there was a pattern that got broken there in that part of your life. Yeah. Right. You know, and yeah, cause definitely. it sounds like, and, and tell me if just, cause you just kind of you just kind of mentioned it under your breath that you were married before and you were <laughs> with this guy uh -huh. who was kind of controlling. What was that situation also a 
kind of a relationship where you felt invisible and unappreciated and controlled? Yes. Hmm. Much like how yeah, I felt like when I was when I was myself and when I was, um, I guess I don't know, shiny. I guess I don't know how to say it exactly, but when I mm-hmm. was being myself and I had joy coming from my heart, I he didn't like that, and he always ended up punishing me by withdrawing emotionally. He sounded like a narcissist too, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think less than my father, so he I didn't notice it. It seemed like an upgrade at the time. <laughs> right, right. Well, I always say, you know, they come in all shapes and forms and, you know, you unzip the costume and it's the same guy. You're like, oh, wait a second. There he is. Again. How did he get there again? Funny. Right. But, so, but what I want you to kind of hone in on is how you broke that pattern for yourself in the romantic relationship. Like, what did you do to attract and be attracted to something different? you know? Um, I have an idea. I, I was raised in a very religious environment also that was really oppressive. And, um, I, I broke out of that. I, for some unknown reason to me, I decided I was going to take a, a year long class in advanced shamanic healing. And, um, it wasn't something I was looking for. I'm, I'm sure because it's the whole spiritual thing. It, it, it was my path or something and I had to do it. And so it just kind of made me do it. But, um, I, I did that and I took it seriously and I did all the, the exercises I had to do and it completely transformed me. Um, well, having okay, that, this having is really good. <laughs> no, 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 this is really good. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but before you move on to the oh, next point, yeah. what exercises mm-hmm. did you do that helped you? Do do you know? Yeah, um, they well, in shamanic work, you you do a journey, so it's it's like a, a light trance slash meditation type thing where you're connecting with the the spirit side of things. And as I did that, um, I well, you can you can do healing in that space too. So I I did do a lot of healing, but and receive a lot of healing in that space. Um, it's really good for healing trauma. So I had a lot of yeah. trauma healed in that. Um, and also it's good for, it sounds scary, but depossession, which it's not just like scary demons like I grew up mm-hmm. believing in, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just like, sometimes it's just ideas and programs. Sometimes it's other things, but usually they don't want to be there anyway and they're just lost. So they're easy to get rid of. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of the just weird habits that I had went away because they, they were taken out they were depossessed. Um, but the, the thing I think that was probably the most profound for me was realizing that I was supported and that I, I had this whole support network and that mm-hmm. like God and spirituality is not a, a scary thing that's going to judge me and condemn me to hell, but mm-hmm. rather that everybody's there to support everybody and in a, a web of love. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. You know, it's interesting as you were talking, I was thinking about how how often we're able to reprogram our, our mindset about things and what was so beautiful about that experience for you. And I'll, I'll loop back to your employer situation. Don't worry. This, this all is going to come back to that, I promise. Um, <laughs> You, if you grew up in uh, kind of this oppressive religious 
type of background and there was a lot of negative experience around that. It sounds like what this somonic work did for you is give you a corrective and positive experience around that with the community of people, but also in an empowering type of experience where you could recognize your strengths, you know, really allow yourself to receive where it seems like you've been giving, giving, giving your whole life or suppressing, suppressing, suppressing your whole life where mm -hmm. there was a release and then a receiving. And that's really yeah. powerful. And I, you know, for those of you listening, I want you to get that, that sometimes like we'll take something that's so oppressive and negative and turn it and how you can flip the switch, so to speak. And I think this is the key to your kingdom right here, what you're talking about, because if you were able to do this in your romantic life, you can do this and break the pattern in this kind of employment life of yours. And I, I think mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff that you're talking about is, you know, this isn't just a pattern in your employment life. This stems all the way back to, you know, your family situation, which is often the case. It's like what I was talking about in the beginning of this podcast, that woman I was sharing with you about, she actually came from a family where she was constantly getting criticized for her looks. I didn't mention that in the beginning, but that it was, it all came back to that. So anytime, you know, somebody would tell her something at work, she would take it in. And I think what's happening for you is you've almost replicated in your work life some aspects of your family life. And it's, I think, subliminal. I don't think you like intended to do that, but it's a way to try to like have a, a, a corrective experience around that. So you're in a really good place because you, you said you left your job, right? You're in transition right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you have now this chance to have something really positive, you know, and flip the switch, so to speak. You, you already did it, right? So you know that you have the power to do it again in this part of your life. Does that make sense? I do. I just don't have the ability to see it. I, exactly. I do believe that it can change, but I just, I can't see what I need to do. I can't, I don't know what it is. Well, let me ask you this first and foremost, and I would actually, I would love to work with you more on this. I mean, obviously there's some longer term work around it, but I think I can help yeah. you with some quick tips. What, like if you close your eyes and you visualize in front of you, what you want your work environment to be, your next one. Like if you had kind of this magic wand and we're waving it in the air and you're seeing yourself in this beautiful work environment, what does it look like? Describe it to me. Um, the ocean and a laptop. <laughs> mm -hmm. Are you still on a hill? It has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am actually. <laughs> uh <-huh>. Funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of it. Um, and what like are you doing? And, but what are you doing with this laptop? Um, in the, in the I ocean? don't know. Um, this is your magic wand. You can say anything you want. I'm, I'm communicating. Hmm. I'm connecting with other people. I'm, yeah. Nice. So are there a lot of people around you or just like a small family no. type of feel? No, no, it's individual connections. Mm -hmm. 
This is where you start, Easter. This is exactly where you start. You have to first get clear and visualize what it is you want moving forward and not have these kind of controlling people in your life where you're feeling isolated and unappreciated or invisible because you deserve that, but you have to believe that you deserve that. And so I would start here. I would start doing, um, I do a lot of times vision boards with people. And in fact, Pinterest is a great way to do a vision board. I don't know if you've ever done any work with Pinterest, but um, you can even do secret boards where nobody can see it. And I would start mm -hmm. like pinning inspirational poems, pictures, things that you want your like work environment to look like. I would even make a board for your social life too. Because here's the thing, your only problem is lack of exposure and belief in yourself. And so once you start getting that experience and you start seeing it and your confidence grows and you, you start believing it, that's when it's all going to start clicking. I just think your social muscle has been atrophied for so long, right? Like it's just, a, it's a muscle that you haven't exercised. You've been on a hill for God's sakes <laughs> with no exposure whatsoever <laughs> in so many ways. And so I think... I would, you know, love for you to start doing that visualization work and feel what it feels like in your body, in your senses. Um, there's some great books out there too for visualization. Um, it sounds like meditation was really powerful for you. Do you meditate at all? Yeah, maybe once a week. Okay, I would increase that. Like as you're doing your vision board, I would also institute like a morning ritual or you could do it in the nighttime too, where you're doing constant, you know, meditation because I like, I like hearing what works for people. And it sounded like back then, like you really shifted when you did some of that meditation for yourself and mm -hmm. allow yourself to feel more in your body. I, I just get the impression that you've also been suppressed with your feelings. You haven't been allowed to express yourself in ways that maybe other people had early on. Is, is that right? That is true. I was not allowed to have feelings and my father openly mocked emotions and feelings. Mm, I'm so sorry that you experienced that, you know, and you know, on one hand, that's really hard, but on the other hand, it also gave you some gifts. And I always say that to people, you, a lot of times when you learn how to be, you know, independent and deal with things yourself, you also are very resilient and resourceful because of that. So with what was very sad and hard in some ways, he gave you some gifts in other ways, but you're not that little girl anymore and you don't mm -hmm. have to push those things down. And, and you have this loving partner and I would love mm -hmm. for you to practice that more and talk about your feelings even with him so that you are out there in the world connecting. The reason why also that you're not connecting with people or you're like getting that feeling of being invisible is because you're also not shining your star and your light with people. Your, your light has been dimmed, right? And so <clears throat> you may also have guilt around shining or outshining because of the messages you got growing up. Does that make sense? Um, he, he, I guess, maybe, I don't know. 
think about that. Think about that. You know, a lot yeah. of times, yeah. um, it may not a hundred percent, but a lot of times when people weren't allowed to express emotions, there's sometimes there's guilt around like having a voice or showing up or sharing their feelings with people. Like you might wait for other people mm -hmm. to ask you things or you're really good at making other people feel good. But I'm, I'm saying showing up in a way that you can shine with confidence that, that may take some more work and letting go of some of mm -hmm. those like, you know, old tapes that you got growing up. And, and that's why the visualization think, yeah. and meditation. I, would be it feels intrusive to me to, uh, to be big or shiny. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. And that's where the work needs to be done. And, you know, we can't do that, you know, quickly on this call, but um, certainly I've helped so many people with this Easter, really. It's, 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 it, it's teachable. You, you, it, you can learn this stuff, you know, your intelligence, actually your IQ, your, your, the stuff that you're really good at that's hard to teach. Like you got that going on, right? I always tell people like you, you have a higher IQ, you're intelligent. That's great. I can't teach that. But the emotional intelligence, how you express and manage your feelings and your social intelligence, how you interact with the world can be taught. And you just need more exposure and permission to unleash that side of you. And so that you don't feel like you're being intrusive when you shine your star on top of the hill. I'm going to keep putting the hill up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just to give you a recap, here's what I think you should do. I think you should start doing your vision board. You know, before you start like sending out your resume and diving back in, I want you to get really clear on what makes you happy, what it is that you want. Start visualizing it. I want you to do, um, you know, like daily meditation and to help mm -hmm. you relax, to help you feel in your body. And the third thing is I want you really practicing sharing your emotions with your partner. Cause I think he's a good and safe place to do that. Sounds like he also would like probably want to practice that too. And so doing that together, I think would feel really safe. And then, you know, practice shining your star with him and ways of not bragging or, you know, anything like that, but just, being proud of who you are, recognizing your strengths, stating them. Um, the fourth thing that I would highly recommend is start getting involved in some extracurricular activities, some hobbies, things that interest you so that you start interacting with people so that you can practice some of the stuff. And people that are good for you, who serve you, who make you feel good, who lift you up and not oppress you or, you know, constantly, you know, dim your light, so to speak. How do you feel about all that? Yeah, I feel good. I've, I've been a bit challenged in the wine country with um, socializing because everything involves drinking and I don't enjoy drinking that much. Right. I, yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what is kind of ironic as, as we were talking. It's like you're in an environment that's not even really you. I mean, the skills that you're doing yeah. is... And that's your wheelhouse. Like you're very good at your skill set, but the environment isn't lifting you up. It's, it, it's not really you. And so I want you to think about how you can use your skills in a way where you are with your laptop looking in the ocean. Maybe it's your own business. 
Maybe it's, mm-hmm. you know, networking with really cool people. Maybe it's going to Europe and having uh, a vacation, you know, whatever that is and looks like, but you need some positive stuff here to know that that environment that you've been in is not, that's, that's been toxic for you. And that's not the real world. There are great people out there. There are positive people and you have to know, well, first of all, you have to believe that you deserve that and you will have it. Okay. That's really helpful. Thank you. You're so welcome. How do you, how do you feel? Can you, can you identify a feeling you're having right now? I'm feeling like one of, in those movies where there's the basic training and there's somebody who has to (laughs) run over the, that wall and there's a rope hanging on it and it's a vertical wall and they just can't do it. They keep running up and grabbing the rope and their feet are slipping. (laughs) I feel like that person. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Do you see how you describe feelings? Like just even as, as an ending to kind of look at that, you, you use um, almost like visualization and metaphors to describe a feeling. That's why I think the meditation would be really good for you and the, and the vision board would be good for you. But I want you to start practicing labeling an emotion. So I'm going to, label an emotion that I'm feeling from you and you tell me if this is true. I, I, I feel like you feel um, confused on what to do, but the fact that you're reaching for mm-hmm. that rope, there's a little bit of hope there and that you're, yeah, you feel somewhat encouraged, but you're just a little confused on how to get over that hill, get over that wall, all of that stuff. So hope, encouragement, maybe a little fear, confusion. Does that all feel right to you? They, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. See how powerful that is because that will allow people to know too where, where you are at and then how to push you through and how to help. So Easter, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing all this and being vulnerable. In fact, this, is, this was your first step towards change, you being vulnerable enough to talk about all this stuff on air and help so many others, because I know you're not alone in this. This is such a common thing that many, many people you know, struggle with and, and for sure overcome. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. And if you want to continue some coaching with me, I'll, you know, we can talk about that offline. But anyway, thank you for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient and I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in. And if you are looking for your own breakthrough that just happened just now for yourself, go to the link that is provided in the description and sign up today to see how I can help. Stay tuned till next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day. 